Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. Um, so we're back doing Lazy Doctor Who right now. This is the laziest of Doctor Who's. You are under blankets, mm-hmm. ready to go to sleep. Yep, I'm all cozy in bed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you managed to stay awake though through uh, the Time Meddler Part One. I did. I love the Time Meddler Part One. It is one of my. Uh, it's probably right up there with with some of my favorite uh, William Hartnell. Of I mean, I've seen this before, but mm. of all of the ones that I've seen so far, I think this is. You know, even even having all of the stuff that I've watched for Lazy Doctor Who added to the the bunch, um, it's still right up tip top as it was before. We should explain that we are. It, it seems to be that we do Lazy Doctor Who episodes whenever we're like on a road trip mm-hmm. or at a convention or something, and we're doing that again. Where are we right now? We are, as you put it, we're in the mothership uh, yep. for the incomparable network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over there is where um, we're we're sleeping in the garage. Basically, we're visiting mm-hmm. Jason um, Snell, empresario. I thought he, <laughs> I thought you were calling him the empress <laughs> of the incomparable the network. I didn't realize you were saying impresario. Yep. Yep. Yes, I, I like empress. Actually, we're going to call him Empress Jason from yep. now on. Empress Jason. <laughs> Uh, we're over there is where he does his, uh, his podcasting where he started this year, a little network that we're on. Mm-hmm. And so it's only right really that, uh, you know, cause we're kind of financially obligated, not financially obligated. <laughs> no, um. Morally obligated? Sure. I like that one. We'll go with that. Morally obligated. Yeah. To do an episode. Not that we don't mm-hmm. enjoy doing episodes, but right now it's like sports time, um, mm-hmm. in our lives, mostly because of me, because there's hockey playoffs on and so that just keeps us mm-hmm. up until whenever the sports are done and then we go to sleep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this happened last year too, that Lazy Doctor Who is, is on a, not exactly hiatus, but sort of semi, semi-official, semi-unofficial hiatus mm-hmm. when, when it's hockey playoff season, because hockey playoffs, it's a thing. It is a thing. It's exciting and fun. Um, but now that the hockey uh, is starting to wind down, kind of, um, mm-hmm. I hope that we can, because I'm starting to look, this, this is the time period that perhaps um, I'm looking forward to watching, but also possibly not looking forward to watching because a lot of it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of what comes uh, after this for a while, but I have seen this story before more than once and I quite like it. So I'm glad that we've got sort of one last hurrah here before we dip into Recon City. Yeah. What do you like about uh, episode one then of the time, lo- the time metal, the watcher as the episode is called? It's, um, I, first of all, I've never seen it in context before. So I think I like it even more now because of that. Uh, having, having not watched all of the stuff that came before, it was still a really good episode uh, because you got a lot of good character interaction off the, the the beginning. But now, knowing you know, I've seen Vicky's origin. I know how she joined the TARDIS, and I thought that was think that that's neat. And I know that she's been there longer than Stephen. I mean, that you know just from watching this episode. But because I had never seen anything before, I didn't really understand how. They had, you know, brushed up against Stephen for the first in the first place, and and kind of how any of that worked. I didn't really realize that this was right after Ian and Barbara left. Exactly. Um, I mean, they sort of make mention of it because 
Vicky says, I miss them. And the doctor says, who? Which is actually pretty funny <laughs> in, in and of itself. Uh, and, you know, of course, he misses them too and all that. But uh, I, I very much enjoy um, seeing that the doctor misses Ian and Barbara and his reaction to them leaving and sort of resigning himself to the fact that, oh, of course, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have been surprised. They wanted to go home. And the lovely little interaction between the doctor and Vicky when she you know, says, no, 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 I, I didn't want to leave. I, I wanted to stay. And, and he's saying, you know, I just want to make sure you're not staying just, you know, to humor an old man. And she's no. And, and of course, she also has nothing to go back to, mm-hmm. which is that's that's all I knew of Vicky's background before before doing Lacey Doctor Who. So that, you know, is is much more filled in for me. Um, that bit of it. And then Stephen stumbling out really didn't make any sense to me before because I didn't know anything about what happened in the chase. However, I did always love the doctor's line, my favorite William Hartnell line <laughs> of all time, talking about, uh, you know, that's the the dematerialization switch and over yonder is the horizontal oh. hold. And, or is it vertical? It's horizontal. Oh, horizontal hold. Up there is a scanner. <laughs> Go on. What's, and is it the... Uh, the chair, is Those it, are the doors. There's, there's, That's a chair, the chair with, with a pen, pen on it. it. <laughs> Sheer poetry, poetry, my, my dear bo- boy. Yes, it is. That is that is the, just the best. And actually, he has some really great lines all the way through this because then when they're out on the the uh, the, the beach, he you know has the space helmet for a cow <laughs> line, which is just that is delightful. But I I think Peter Purvis is just he is electric. He sparkles in this. And his his delivery, you know, when he's first calling him Doc, and then the doctor says, "Don't call me Doc." And he's like, "Okay, Doc." Tor, mm-hmm. as he turns his head and looks, and it's just, and he doesn't believe anything. And um, I know the doctor just the doctor's just doing his own thing. He's not trying to convince Stephen. Vicky is because she just wants to, you know, wants to show him. I I understand where Vicky is coming from, and she's mm. like, "But no, you're you know you're wrong." And he won't believe her because she's just you know a, a young girl, and how would she how would she know anything? And finally, by the end of the episode, she gets him to to listen to her at least once. You know, not for very long because mm-hmm. he stands up and for some unknown reason, that's one of the things I don't like is he just attacks. This guy that's walking past who happened to have found something on the ground. I realize that he thinks that Vicky has dropped something yeah. and that he's saving Vicky's possession for her. But it just it, it doesn't play out very well. Um, and you get to see the doctor being, well, you get to see him being kind of obnoxious and not letting them just like climb up the cliff. But uh, him being smart and recognizing the sound of a record player slowing down and sort of... You know, hanging out with the woman whose name I can't remember, and just there's there's just so much good stuff in this one episode. Yeah, I like um, um, I like William Hartnell's. I like him in this story at, at all together, but I just love how he goes from you know all like oh it's very 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 interesting when he's sort of talking about what, what hit the history period, and then he starts walking around, and all of a sudden it's just like. Zoom. He just gets super serious, mm-hmm. chucks out the mead, starts thinking. Then he hears the, uh, you know, the the monks uh, singing "Slow Down." Realizes, you know, he just like he just turns on a dime from comedy or sort of, you know, lightness to just super serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, you forget how how good of an actor 
he really is when he when he does stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you also this episode you get a little bit of the you know the TARDIS in jeopardy thing, which you know happens a lot over the course of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the 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 dudes basically say you know it it has to have been smashed against the rocks by this point. So that's a little bit of dramatic irony, and that we know something that the characters don't know. Uh, you know, if, if the people watching for the first time know that the TARDIS is probably gone and probably destroyed and, oh, my gosh, you know, what what are they going to do when they find out? Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, in an extra layer of sort of, you know, time travel, dramatic irony, we know the TARDIS is fine because <laughs> we know the TARDIS is more more indestructible than that, at least. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the kids watching at home at the time would have that extra bit of, of cliffhangeriness. You know, yes, you have the doctor locked up, but... You know, even once he gets out, oh no! Mm-hmm. I um, this is also directed by Douglas Camfield, who was one of my favorite uh, directors, and I think I find that William Hartnell does well. He because he directed um, the Crusade before this, which was really well mm. acted. I thought, and I, I like the little, I like the the bit of action where the Doctor sort of like you know leaning on the rock and just sort of flicking pebbles over the side, which of course landed on the uh, the meddling monk's head as he's trying mm-hmm. to sort of eavesdrop on them which i thought was kind of amusing yeah and nice little slow camera movements across the empty monastery just to sort of set a mood and stuff you know that's those those kind of like little mood setting shots weren't that common back in these days so it's mm-hmm. nice to see a director with a little more of a of a visual flair, especially since we were watching Richard Martin do the uh, the chase <laughs> over the past six weeks. So it's it's nice to see something like that again. Yeah, it really does sort of feel more modern in the style of the direction and and stuff than anything we've watched for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it just it's it's just it cooks along pace wise. It looks good. It is. It's just yeah. This is this is a great one. Yeah, it's great to watch. Um, did you notice, uh, well, there's two things that I'll point out. One is that uh, they're using stock music. I don't know if that was Doug, uh, Douglas Camfield's original intention, but sometime between this and when they made the crusade, he and Dudley Simpson had a falling out, mm. which led to Douglas Camfield never using Dudley Simpson's music ever again. Ever throughout the, the course of his life, uh, across Doctor Who, Blake Seven, anything, even even when Dudley Simpson was sort of like the regular composer, so to speak. Nope. Wow. So it's stock music now. Also, did you notice when um, when Vicky explains what TARDIS stands for? She goes time and relative dimensions. Plural. In space. Oops. That sticks mm-hmm. for so many years up until they finally... It's Rose, I think, isn't it? They fix it, I think? Uh, I th- I can't remember. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That one little innocent mistake sticks around for 20-odd mm-hmm. years. Until... Yeah. That, that's how I learned it with as dimensions, and I thought that's what it was mm-hmm. for many, many, many years. Yep. Yeah. So, poor Maureen O'Brien. Mm. One little fluff, and... Uh, we're stuck with it for thirty years. I know. I mean, think about think about the number of fluffs that uh, that William Hartnell had over the course of his career. He just, you know, 
happened to not do it on something quite so <laughs> crucial. Crucial lines, like if, you know, if um, if Caroline Ford had messed up her line about Gallifrey having an orange sky, mm-hmm. you know, if she said, like, pink sky or, like, brown sky or something Ooh. like that. I, well, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to think of, like, different kinds of colors. Then all the representations of Gallifrey would have been different, even though the script said orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The early days of Doctor Who were uh, formative in a lot of ways. They were indeed. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to watch episode two or any of the episodes Mm-mm. tonight because we're very tired. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hockey playoff season and we actually went to a hockey playoff game tonight. So I am I am exhausted from being tense and sitting on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Even though you only needed, you paid for the whole seat. <laughs> but you, I only need the edge. Is that where you're going? Yes. Mm-hmm. We tried to talk to the people afterwards. Listen, we didn't really sit on the whole seat. Can we perhaps <laughs> get a refund? No. Didn't we we are good hockey patrons. We yes. sit back in our seats the way you are supposed to when you're watching a hockey game because it's impolite to lean forward and block people's view. Exactly. Yes. And when people are watching Doctor Who, also rude. Yes. Yeah, so I hope this episode of Lazy Doctor Who has been educational. For all of you people who have never been to a hockey game before, please keep that in mind in the future. Sit back in your seats. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, mm-hmm. um, good night. Good night. Good night.